What's up, everyone? This is Dave P. Welcome to another episode of The Priority Queue, the show where me and my co-host Colby Sears talk about the latest news, collecting strategies, and anything else going on in the world of NBA Top Shot. This week, we have a lot to talk about. The recent pack drops, decline in the market, and All-Star Game Weekend have everyone on Twitter talking. Opinions abound on what Top Shot is currently doing right and doing wrong, and Colby and I are going to do our very best to break it all down and figure out if Top Shot is really making some massive mistakes with their new pack drops, or if it is actually good for user growth. It's a long one, so sit back, relax, grab an extra cold beverage, and enjoy another episode of The Priority Queue. Every time I talk to you, I get a little closer to wanting to finish that run it back set myself because you you have so much conviction on it and you're so into it. And then you keep telling me about these prices like AIs at a, almost at a thousand bucks. But I know in my heart that I'm not as big on the on the retro set. So if I completed it, I probably wouldn't be as excited. But you're going to you're going to nail it, dude. You're going to complete that set at a really <laughs> low cost. I mean, yeah, I think long term for sure. We'll see what happens, but. Yeah, like I said, I'm in no rush. I got kind of the cheaper pieces out of the way and just kind of let people undercut themselves <laughs> to where I, I'm like, all right, I need to pull the trigger on this. And I think with the all-day marketplace, I'm just waiting on that really to open up and see some people want to funnel some money over there. But I'm assuming that most that are going to do that probably have already kind of gotten liquid there and are uh, getting ready for Tuesday. But, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the market opens on Tuesday, right? That should be interesting. Any predictions? Yeah, sure. Um, well, hopefully it'll just be workable, right? Because we, we saw the UFC one open and it opened for like maybe 20, 30 minutes and then the rest of the day it was down the whole time. <laughs> if it's if it's completely like stable and open, like I think we're going to see, I think we're going to we'll see some over, over buying and we'll see some under buying or at least that's what I'm expecting. And what I mean by that is I think people will FOMO into moments they shouldn't with really low circulation that they're not really aware of. And then I also think we'll just see some people dumping stuff that have no idea anything about football or any of the players. So I'm going to, I'm planning on doing a deep dive actually tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go through, just kind of highlight what players I'd be interested in and then look at their circulations. And if they're, if they're pretty much fully circulated, I'll, I'll just monitor those specific moments like all day, <laughs> all day Tuesday and just disregard the ones that are nowhere near to circulated. I don't, I don't care. Well, I'll, I'll let people overpay or do what they want with those ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty narrow list just because I think we've kind of touched on it before, but football is just just tough as a collectible because, you know, the careers are so short and just different than the NBA, I feel like. So it's going to be a narrow list, but yeah, I'll definitely kind of do a deep dive and uh, kind of pick out and highlight a couple of guys that I might, might want to, uh, you know, monitor. Football is brutal. I immediately think of players like Julio Jones who go from an elite wide receiver top three in the league arguably at least yeah I mean if his end zone numbers were better because they just never threw to him in the red zone if if his touchdown numbers were better then there there would definitely be no argument there but and then he just kind of injury after injury after injury these guys bodies break down I've read incredible stories about guys just going through groin tears and and rib muscle tears and and breaks and and all that and just slowly but surely your body just deteriorates that's why yeah. you know guys who play into their 40s like who's that lineman for the rams who's in his 40s and that's just incredible andrew whitworth yeah 
Yeah, that dude's, I, I can't. I I I don't understand that. Like he he's plays. It, I mean, obviously his his plays declined a little bit, you know, as he's older. But like you say, he's like mid forties and still, you know, anchoring a line on for a Super Bowl winning team is just kind of crazy to think about when you've got these 19, 20 year old freak athletes that are running four threes on a defensive end and stronger than you are, and still that you're able to hold up. It's just it's just crazy. And we and we see that in the NBA, and you see guys like Joel Embiid and. Anthony Davis, who have such elite ceilings, MVP ceilings, and they can't stay on the court. I just, and that's why I can't own any of their moments other than a couple cheapos just for uh, challenges. But I think about that with rookies too. Like I get, I love the, I get the allure of rookies, especially those four Badgers, but it all depends on the, like the level of investment and then also calculating or not calculating, but just take into account the risk that goes with that. Rookies, yeah. rookies can. I mean, a, a knee tear, and you know, look what happened to Clay Thompson. And I'm amazed at what he's doing. He's not a rookie, but you know what I mean. Like two yeah. devastating leg injuries back to back. And and I know a lot of people talk about how the market kind of undervalues like bigs, you know, in the NBA, kind of collectible wise. And you know, are people just that sharp that they know that pretty much it's almost guaranteed that any big is going to have an injury concern at some point, you know, with, with especially with Embiid and Davis, you know, it's like they're such great talents, but they just can never stay on the court, you know, especially Davis. But it just seems like, I wonder if that's kind of baked into a lot of the big bias that we see with, with collect, in the collectible space, you know, just the injury concerns are just so, so much more than like a, like a John Moran or somebody like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, speaking of it like John Morant has had a handful you know and he's a reckless player that dude throws himself around that court so you know I mean love Ja I hope he has a long healthy season because it would be amazing to see that guy once he hits his peak hey this guy's the limit he's so special but it's just you have to take it into account with every rookie it's like you know I don't want my collection to be primarily rookies because I mean, I suppose the odds are that a few of them hit, and then you'll be in good shape. You know, all these four badge rookies are pretty much under a K. I think the highest is Lamelo at about eight hundred dollars or seven fifty or whatever it is now. So, you know, Lamelo has a big career. That moment's going to be a lot more. If if Top Shot makes it and Lamelo has a big career, that's going to be a valuable moment for sure. So, I know a friend of ours recently com- collected all the four badges. I think he's only missing R.J. Barrett a percentage of that works out for him, it'll probably pay for itself, but it's just a lot of risk. It all depends. Stacking rookies is where I get nervous. You know, I, I don't mind taking a, a chance, you know, if you really like one more than the others, like just kind of loading up on one, but, you know, spreading all of them, like, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it, it seems, it seems kind of important. Unless, unless we have that, that class of what, like uh, Lame, uh, Carmelo, LeBron, Wade, you know, that crazy, I don't remember what year that was, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, was that 2003? Darko Milicek. <laughs> was that 03? Uh, somewhere around there. I think so. Yeah. Sounds about somewhere. right. Somewhere. Um, but yeah, that, that, yeah, Darko. Oh. <laughs> it's just so rare. You know, it's so rare to have a class of just multiple, even like one Hall of Famer, but you get like multiples. It's kind of crazy. But, but yeah, like it's just hard to imagine multiple from one class really kind of being relevant long term. This class feels special with Mobley, Barnes, Giddy. Who else am I missing? I mean, th- just those three right there. Cade, Cade's really Cade. coming. Cade, oh yeah, Cade he's Cunningham. Starting get, he's starting to get some confidence. You know, you can 
you could tell from the summer he was a little, you know, injuries, just kind of getting used to his teammates, getting used to his role. But now it seems like he's kind of coming under his own, really, really getting confident. And actually, now, now it's just becoming second nature, and his his just raw skill is kind of taking over. You know, yeah, which is scary for the league. <laughs> Will you be targeting any 4K rookies at any point? Um, I think at some point, yeah. Like I said, in my NBA buying is going to be in the summer, so I'll evaluate prices then. And yeah, definitely, if we see some guys dipping, maybe due to maybe like a like an injury that's not that's not very uh, that people are overvaluing or you know thinking it's gonna be worse than than it really is on the surface i might kind of jump on that or you know if like those guys you mentioned like barnes mobley Cade, any of those three that you know sentiment kind of goes down on or you know start to dip for whatever reason definitely will, will, will uh, get my attention for sure so you're saying you're going to be around in the summer you're not you're not selling everything you're not, you're not leaving the platform anytime soon i'm not going anywhere man i'm here i'm here for the long term well let's let's talk about that some more let's talk about why some people at least are saying they are again and i think a lot of it has to do with the new pack format the pack format that came over you know essentially from all day and is a stark contrast to how we were doing packs tell me what you think about this new pack system before we get into all the queue issues and stuff aside, let's just look in a vacuum at this lottery pack with the mixed rarities and the chance at either pulling a hollow or a legendary or a pack of 60k commons. What do you think about that pack system? Yeah, I mean, I I, I love it now. I think what you said, we, we've seen a, a drop now of that went smoothly. Obviously, I haven't seen any issues with the randomizer this time or... Uh, the pack, you know, the uh, delivery seemed to go smooth. There wasn't a lot of um, pauses or buying issues. It just, you know, seemed to work correctly. I saw a lot, a lot of kind of smaller accounts, new users hitting Vince Carter uh, legendary moments, which was cool to see. It felt um, like everybody hit a Vince Carter. <laughs> it did. It really did. <laughs> Twitter timelines are not for if if you don't like the lottery system or if you get bad FOMO, the Twitter timeline on these pack openings is not for yeah, you just log out <laughs> just just take the day off if you don't get a pack yeah it definitely did seem that way i mean i wonder if any of these people are just like you know taking a screenshot and then just using it for engagement because like every every person that posted the vince carter um thumbnail like oh i can't believe i hit this it's the instant hundred likes tons of retweets oh yeah it's funny yeah <laughs> i think like 45 of the 50 were posted on twitter yeah, and I, I don't think um, you know. I'm not. I don't have it pulled up right now, but I don't think the jersey or I know the number one was was pulled. But there, I think there was a number, maybe the number two and the jersey number are still kind of in packs. So that's interesting that those are you know still out there. I guess I can pull it up right now and just see what the distribution. Is. And so it's Sunday, right? And we are getting the third Rising Star pack drop this week. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So well, that's what it looks like. They minted them um, a couple days ago. So yeah, I would expect. Kind of we keep the cadence of, I mean, I don't remember what day it was the last couple, but maybe I think it was Thursday, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of expecting them to release those. Yeah, because um, Tuesday is the, uh, or actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think it was, I think it's the 28th. That next next Monday is when they're doing the um, the uh, S1 reserve packs. Okay. All right. Oh, I, I, and you still got your 350 trade tickets, right? Are you 0 for 3? 0 for 3, yeah. So I still have them, so I'll take a crack at it. <laughs> I'll see what happens. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. There's been a lot of, I mean, you get $2 comments fairly regularly right now, which is 
not a bad deal. So $700 for this S1 pack. Now, mind you, this is a much more of a lottery pack than we were typically used to. But if, in your case, like you said, if you hold it, you could you, you might get a better return. And then just it, whenever you sell it, don't let that person ever tell you what they get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely like if, if you're a holding of an S1, like you're it's like a it's a long term bet on Top Shot, really, because, you know, if Top Shot succeeds, you know, five, 10 years from now, like, you know, the most soft moments are going to be the S1s, obviously. And then, you know, these packs are so top heavy where they have a lot of like, you know, LeBron's, Giannis's, Curry's. So like, you know, I, I know that you could have hit like, a let's say, a Vince Carter in these elite packs, but it was such a small it's all percentage, but your percentage in these S1s is, is pretty big to get a LeBron debut, which is crazy because there's so many in there. But obviously the, the variance, like we said, is just so big because you could pull someone just completely irrelevant. And so that's why I think buying the pack, holding it, and then letting someone else take that risk and paying you a premium for it is the play I would make on that, uh, which is why I would hold it. But you ha- obviously you have to hold it long term for that. And it's it, like you said, it wouldn't be easy to... Kind of know that pack's just sitting there. Uh, anytime you could, you could just you know rip it open and see what you have in there. So it's a constant struggle. So speaking of lottery packs again, let's go back to the new format and how Top Shot is testing lottery packs with every drop. Now there's been a lot of lot of criticism, and it's tough when you when you don't get a pack or if you don't get a big pack and there's definitely been people who've gotten three, four five packs and they've gotten all commons. That's tough. I personally have fared fine between the rising stars that I've gotten. I've gotten some LeBron commons. And then also I've gotten two MGLEs and one per drop. So I've fared well there. I, uh, I haven't honestly calculated it, but I would say that overall I'm, I'm doing okay. I was couple purchases, couple trades. I completed the rising stars drop, uh, or a set, you know, the last one I grabbed 10 common packs. I almost got 15. I was like 200 out and I would have done it. Yeah. I, I just missed 15 as well. I, I mean, I love pull, I love ripping them, but we enjoy that, that gambling aspect. And we, I was talking to people, you know, there's that extra anticipation because when you open that pack, any one of those could be a hollow or an MGLE, or a, I, I always keep saying a legendary MGLE. That's exciting, but it's expensive. And so some of some of the crit- early criticism has been the price point on the packs. How do you feel about the price point that they've assigned, the $50 to the elite and the $19 to the standard? Yeah, I mean, at first, um, you know, thinking about the mint sizes, because 17,500 is a good size mint. Uh, it seemed it, it stood out to me as being as a little steep, maybe five dollars too much. But it, if you're the kind of person that that completed the Rising Star set, and especially you know if you had a high enough collector score to where you were able to like I was able to buy six of the elite packs. So that Gary, you know, obviously I, I think I pulled two MGLEs out of those, and then the, you know the rest are obviously all the Rising Stars. But I think as long as you really want, like if, if you're happy to to do the rising star set like that that's just a win-win to me because your worst case scenario is you're getting a rising star um it's helping you complete your set i think i only needed like one player because i got lucky and basically pulled like one of each player in my packs and then 
I think I, I completed the whole thing with my packs, with the standard packs as well. They helped me, you know, get, I think it was Aunt Edwards, the last guy I needed. But, but the whole time I wanted to complete the Rising Star set. So it was like, you know, it was completing a goal for me and it was giving me huge upside to hit, uh, like you said, a legendary and I hit two MGLEs. So I hit some good um, 12Ks, got two Cam Thomases. I got one of the that Tilly guy on the uh, Grizzlies. No idea who he is, but another debut. So I, I mean, I ran pretty good, but I also didn't, run crazy good like obviously I didn't hit any legendaries but to me it was it was worth it because you know I got the whole rising star set and as we've seen if you complete the earlier you complete that like you're just you're running really good now because it's taken off as we've seen it's 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 you get utility from it in these all-star challenges which is awesome so uh, yeah it was a little steep for the mint but I think because of it being a special set as rising stars I think it was warranted now that I kind of reflect on it like let's say it was a let's say it was just normal like non rookie badge like seven no that seventeen thousand five hundred mints I think it would have been too steep but I think since Rising Stars is so um, sought after and the extra utility with the All Star challenges it was I think it was warranted for what you're getting out of it. So the floor on the Rising Stars with the challenge pumps was around like thirty bucks, right? Uh, maybe a little lower. I mean. Obviously, it depends on what player you're getting. I think maybe low twenties for some of the lower end guys. Um, but yeah, like yeah, you know, I pulled I think two Wagners, two Giddies, and those were mid thirties, high forties. So yeah, I mean it depends on who you get. But but yeah, during the challenges, I I, I want to say like high like 19, 18, 20, 20 ish for the you know for the for the worst pulls of the of the Rising Stars. And then of course there's the rewards, which I think that they knocked out of the park because we got three awesome rewards. You got Mobley, Cade, and Lamelo, and and, yeah. and I sure that's by design. Of course it's by design, and I think that was really smart because that's going to make those a lot more desirable. And the completions were pretty good. What was the Cade? Cade was like fifty five hundred or something like that. As far as what, like the mint size? Yeah. It's just under yeah eighty nine forty five, so a little higher. Oh, way uh, higher. <laughs> yeah, not 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 terribly high. I mean, it's still under ten k yeah. for a rookie. Not bad. I mean, he's he's coming in right now at one hundred twenty low ass. So, I mean, if if you did the elite packs, you got a couple of those. You did some standard packs, and you you ran just stand you know ran average on your luck. I mean, I, I, you definitely made out well with you know buying max packs and and obviously you're not you're not just unloading them right when market opens like you're kind of holding them and not competing with everybody's trying to sell right away so do you think that based off of this experience that this is the way to go or do you think we need a larger sample size before we determine one way or the other yeah i think it's a good question i i, I like that they're taking a whole month i mean i know it, it's months kind of flown by i mean we're at the end of february here but my initial impression is i i like the, the pack system where it is and I think that, I guess a long-winded answer, having to go back to- It's a long-winded how... show, dude. Have at it. <laughs> so I think we need to go all the way back to February 2021 and kind of uh, remind people kind of how this all happened and why that I think that free money packs are not the long-term solution for Top Shot, right? Back in February 2021, <laughs> uh, you were- you were you were getting these nine dollar base packs, and automatically, worst case scenario, what you were able to sell immediately for what twenty thirty dollars? Oh yeah, yeah, it easy. That was easy. Easy, right? Yeah, 
which is crazy. Like, let's just think about this in like regular cardboard, right? Like, let's say that you could go, let's say that you could go on your phone and you could get virtually in line for like Panini cards and you're automatically going to get $30 profit. Worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have, you're going to have like everyone and their mother, their dogs, their parents all signing up because everyone who doesn't want free money, right? Yeah. So what's that going to do to, to Panini? They're going to see all this demand and like crazy cra- site crashing. Every like, wow, this is crazy. We 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 need more supply. You know, like we need to meet this demand. A hundred percent. That's absolutely right? because that's revenue. That's more revenue, revenue, which is what drives every company. They all have yeah, P Ls. They all have budgets. They're all looking to achieve a number and exceed it. Yeah, and it's completely false because. These people don't give a, a shit about these cards. They just want the free money. They want to unload them quickly and just and cash in and then cash out, right? Uh-huh. So that's exactly what happened in Top Shot is all these people just rushed in and like completely overloaded the platform, which caused a lot of issues, completely overwhelmed their compliance because everyone wanted to get their money out quickly because all they wanted was the free money. Top Shot over minted like crazy because they think they have like a million <laughs> a million uh you know accounts that are just ready like eager to to get in there, and we saw the mint sizes get kind of crazy for what what the actual user base was, right? So you saw a o- huge over mint. You know, Topshot realizes this whenever they do, sometime March. Well, real quick, April. essentially the common count or the common player in S two had a ninety k mint for a lot of them. You know, a lot of them had yeah. a fifteen k, a forty k, and a thirty five k. And there was obviously yeah. and it was also imbalanced and I don't know if they had pulled back once they hit this crazy oversupply and stopped pl- minting players, which also created these weird bottlenecks like DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and DeAndre Ayton. But there's other players that I mean LeBron's common S2 is essentially a 90k mint. Now mind you one of the plays is that yeah. special no look 3, but on the surface that's what it is. Yeah, and you, you throw in like you know the other common sets like Hustle and Show, Cool Cats, the whole huge playoff set, uh, MGLEs, All Star. I mean, it's just it was way too much for the actual users that were there, right? So once the free money dried up because the supply was insane, you know you saw prices crash as you would, and that's not that's not good and sustainable. You know that that that's free money aspect. People just they got used to it and conditioned to it for too long, and now now that it it's going away or shouldn't be there, then that they're getting angry, which just doesn't make sense to me. But but yeah, let's let's rewind. So so Top Shot they they realize that they've made this error, right? They've totally oversupplied. You know what they should have done is just let the market be efficient and let all those forty k's, thirty five k's just basically go to a dollar, sit there for a dollar, kind of slowly like just really turn off the supply for a while. And just work on marketing, getting new people in. But what they did was they overcompensated, and they realized that they had to kind of artificially prop up the whole floor. And how they did that was they came up with this crazy collector score system that just completely overloaded the value of S2s entirely. So we saw, you know, even three to four dollar floor, even at like the maximum kind of bottom. Us as as capitalistic smart, kind of we kind of understood what was going on, so we, we loaded up on all this stuff, knowing that to in order to get the the uh, really good packs, the premium stuff, legendaries, we, we, we collector score was the way to do it. So we just went in and bought all these cheap moments, and did we have fun doing it? No, but we knew it was going to be EV, 
or you know long term a good play so we did it but yeah here here we are kind of there's maybe i don't know like how many people do you think typically qualify for a legendary drop maybe ten thousand ish yeah it's roughly in that area yeah so you know we basically have right now we have ten thousand kind of accounts gatekeeping collector score basically i i you know that does does the um does these packs help us out you know these these kind of um mixed rarity packs does it help us out like in the short term no as like these you know big accounts and people that were here early but I, i think that you know the best thing that we can hope for as a as a large account right now and someone that's kind of really gone in all in on top shot is we want more people that fall in love with the product that we did get hooked and bring bring new money in right so how do we do that i don't think we do that by making them buy like a thousand ricky rubios <laughs> to 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 keep up with us in this crazy system like we need to just it sucks but we need to get get away from that that collector score system in you know, we either completely rug it, which I don't like. I don't want them to do that either. Um, I think they need to find other uh, creative ways to make collector score relevant, and they can do that. And obviously, you know, just just by allowing us to buy multiple packs um, is cool because they, can, you know, I like to gamble. So if I can buy three or six elite packs at a time, that's that's a nice incentive for me. But yeah, find find other ways for collector score to be relevant, and then. These these mixed rarity packs are how new users are going to get hooked and not feel like they're gated out of all the premium stuff. Because if I was to join in the summer 2021, I, I would have had a terrible time. I was like, I'm not going to waste my time grinding out thousand S2 commons and spending thousands of dollars just to have a 10% chance legendary moment because it just doesn't make sense, you know? I had a conversation at my gym and it started with I walked into the gym on the all day drop and I had my phone in front of me and I actually <laughs> did the fucking workout with the phone in front of me. Cause I was in the waiting room and <laughs> it was a legendary drop and it started out and I was 5,000 out. Like there was whatever there was 45,000 packs and I was number 50,000 or however it shook out. And I, I always, if I'm within five to six K, I will wait it out, especially for a pricier pack. A lot of things can happen. So I decided I'm going to stick it out. I'm like, I, I do CrossFit. So I'm on the rowing machine and I got it on the little support bar that's in between my legs and I'm rowing, fucking dying, sweating. And I'm looking down, waiting for it because I'm going to stop in the middle of this workout to buy that pack. So yes, I, I like the product. And yes, you got me hooked. Now, going back to what you were just saying, but prior to that workout, I so I'd walked in and I was in the waiting room and that was at a tangent. There was another guy there that was also in the waiting room. So he was into all day and he actually had got the pack right before the workout started. He ripped it and got a Kyler Murray rare, which is a pretty sweet deal. He wasn't quite sure what he had. My estimation was, trust me, I think you cleared the cost of that pack right there with that one moment. And of course he had eight others because that pack was loaded. So, but he was really excited about it. So I started talking to him about it and another guy walked over and he had been into Top Shot too. And they both had a very similar view, and that was right, wrong, or indifferent. This was a newer user who was who just spent two hundred sixty dollars on an NFL All Day pack. He said that Top Shot was for the rich, and that building up a collector score to these gated packs, like I can't even get into one, and then you want me to spend a thousand dollars for a pack. We get it more because we've been living it, but for him, it just didn't make any sense. He liked All Day. 
because he liked a shot at a legendary every single time he bought a pack, knowing that the odds were small. The other guy also liked that. same, Almost the same exact reaction. His only thing was, man, $50 a pack is expensive. So I can't do every pack, but I would like to. And I think there's going to be a balance there. You know, I think, and you've said it before to me in DMs, pricing is going to be fluid here as they're going to try to find that sweet spot. And that sweet spot is going to be to optimize and maximize their profit return because they are a for-profit business. I work for a for-profit business. I know people who work for for-profit businesses. They have a goal, and that is to make profit and to maximize it. And every year, you write a budget, and you want to achieve said budget based off the year. Not to mention you have investors and everything. So that was a tangent. Again, I'm good at that. <laughs> Going back to what he had said about collector score, it just speaks to your point is that they created the collector score to kind of try to solve that problem, but all it did was create this other problem. And now, you know, we found out how easy it was for them to get away from that loot box law that they were so adamant about uh, adhering to. And now here we are. We have this, we started this new system. People don't like it. Some people really like it. Obviously, if you pulled a Vince Carter, you, <laughs> you, you're probably into it. But we had some friends of ours who they nailed. They nailed some legendaries. Well, and like we need that. We need that kind of allure of like like the top end moment that everyone's clamoring for, right? Like that. That just drives excitement. And and like, how many people did we talk to that were like, "Oh, I'm not going for a pack." And then during the drop, we hear from them. They're like, "Oh, yeah, I actually did buy two packs." <laughs> like it, it. You know, people like they love that game. Even if they don't want to say they like the gamble, they do. And it right or wrong, it does. Like you know, obviously, I I. I always advise to stick to a budget, but like just that allure of being able to pull like a fifteen thousand dollar moment um, out of nine, you know, nineteen dollar pack. It, people do overextend themselves because of that, and that's good. <laughs> and, and being on Twitter is like being you know? at the casino, where everybody around you sounds like they're winning. Intentionally yeah. designed that way in a casino, where machines are going off and people are hollering and all that. There's a lot of people losing in between that, and so you, yeah, and like. Sorry to cut you off, but going back to what you said about the, his complaint about the $50 pack and be out of his range, you know, I mean, there's so many things that Top Shot can do as far as, like, let's say they just do, like, a $9 common pack, where, like, almost like a starter pack, but for for everyone. Um, if you, you know, there may, maybe there's no legendaries in it, There's maybe there's a very small amount of rares, but just a small concentration of rares, all mostly commons, is like, almost like a starter option to the smaller bankrolls. There's a lot of different, you know, packs they can have. I know they want packs 24-7, so there's a lot of different ones that, you know, maybe that one will sit there for a while because there's not the high-end moments in it, but but for the smaller bankrolls, smaller collectors, it, it gives them, a, you know, still a chance to pull really good cereals or better players. So there's, there's we're, we're literally just scratching the surface of all these packs, and this is only the second drop, but all the points I made earlier, I think this is the way it has to be for Top Shot as a whole to work for everyone, not just not just the people that got in early and now are just gatekeeping it. You know, we need to if we're really gonna grow, we need to cater really to the people that are starting now because we're early. We know that we, if if we're gonna continue to reap all the benefits, all the rewards, we're just gonna be the same ten, twenty thousand accounts forever, just slowly bleeding out with a five percent fee. I don't want that. So um, I think we have to see the bigger picture and even if that means our free lunch goes away for the bigger picture, I think that's what we need. If you look just at statistics, 
and I'm not saying that this is 100% right, but if you look at just to, at statistics, user base has continued to grow. Packs continue to sell out. Even if people are going back buying 5, 10 packs. I mean, people in the physical card world buy cases, right? Like people got money, they buy cases of cards, chasing that. And it is largely successful. Have we been spoiled a little bit where we really have never experienced negative EV packs or, or negative returns on our pack purchases? Have we been spoiled to the point where people are so used to that that the idea of now that it's in their face, because they were asking for it, right? Like all day was doing it. It was super cool. And, and maybe just because it wasn't top shot and we never had packs before in all day that that was okay. But, you know, there's, again, there's a lot of arguments that the price might be too high or whatever. But is this something that is just going to have to take time? Because Top Shot can't, every time people complain, they can't just fix it. Because you're never going to satisfy everybody. You got to satisfy percentages. And you have to grow. And so, like, market values are down. But the market's not going to go up forever. Is it part of it is because we've had this kind of this flash pump, you know, things pump because of flashes or anticipation of flashes. Flashes were so huge and the flash allure is settling a little bit. Flashes are still super fun, but people aren't as eager to, to complete them all as before. And so supply is kicking up, which means the market will go down because the supply is going to exceed the demand. And is this going to be, what I'm asking you is, is that normal? And is that going to be a seesaw thing that we're going to see as long as we're on the platform? Oh yeah, for sure. And um, definitely. I mean, that's just how any market works. There's always going to be a seesaw of supply, demand, and constant. Because, you know, like you said, they're for profit. So they want to they get by with as many packs as possible you know, to sell, but also not over flood the market because it's important for them. Because think about this, the higher the higher the, the prices are of these moments and the more volume of these moments, they're also getting that revenue from the 5% fee too. So they obviously, you know, as long as they, it's, a, it's a really tight balance, that's why they have this economist that, you know, they want to sell as many packs as possible, but also keep values as high as possible, create engagement as much as possible, as much volume as possible to get fees from packs, get fees from the 5% you know, fee there. So I think kind of going back to your other point, you know, are the packs too expensive? I think it's just, you know, risk reward. And I, I, I kind of talking about going back to what I said about maybe having like a more common starter pack available 24 seven for the smaller collectors, I think is a good idea because they can still participate, but obviously their reward is not as high. There's no legendaries in that pack, but their risk is smaller. They can pay $9 and just get get those moments particularly in there. So I think that maybe have different levels of packs, maybe a, a third level, a lower one, to appeal to people that don't like to gamble and are just maybe just starting out, don't want to take as, as big of a you know a chance. But but to say that you you want a a chance at a legendary in a cheap pack, you, you, you can't have both. You know, you need there's risk and reward balance, you can't have it all. So I think you have to make your choice of do you really want a chance at a legendary? Because it's going to come with a premium a bit, you know, to, to, to go for that. 
thinking about the new user perspective too and so i had another guy at the gym who hadn't signed up yet but he had buy he had been buying some crypto and looking at nfts and he's been asking me a lot of questions about it learning about flow and learning about dapper that's kind of actually where i directed him and and of course you know learning about ethereum and talk to him about just learning about it as much as you can before just diving in because i think it's a risky at least off this platform but even in this platform it's it, depending on the amount of money you put in you you better trying to study it and understand what you're doing if you know you're really interested in doing more than just collecting some moments of your favorite players but you sign up you get a free pack and i told him i said so once you sign up they'll take you through the thing you're going to get a free pack you're going to get like a starter up you might even get a second pack or an opportunity to get a second pack but then after that it's what do they do and i kind of like your idea of if you have a accessible pack a, pr- a pack at an accessible price point I think there still needs to be some level of, like you had said, whether it's ongoing rares in there, some of the MGLEs or or other rare sets that kind of get mixed in there, because you still want that new user who's not spending that lottery price to maybe get a shot at it. I don't know what the balance is that would prevent other people from swallowing all those up so people wouldn't get any, but I would have to think that it's probably not an EV game. Uh, it has to be. Yeah. It can't be an EV game. So it has to be just more lottery than anything. And then those new users who happen to hit a, a, a pack score. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think having like a really like neutral or even like a dollar negative EV, just always twenty four seven pack. That's just there. But it's it's a tough balance. You also don't want to. I don't know. It, it's. I just wonder what it would be like. I'm sure there's forums and shit for, for tops collectibles and Panini and all these other physical card markets, right? Like what are those like, do they love their experience? Do they love everything that tops does? I, I, I have not heard positive feedback, uh, by, by what I can understand there. Like you can't go into Walmart and get a freaking pack. I'll tell you that the whole section is just empty. I mean, as soon as they do a new release, there's like middle-aged dudes just camped out, ready to just sweep the whole fucking <laughs> shelf. <laughs> I remember this way back. It was funny because like back in March last year, I got the bug. I was like, oh man, I love ripping packs, but you know, there's nothing on Top Shot. I'm gonna go buy some physical cards. I drove down, I went to Walmart and Target. They were completely wiped out. Come to find out, that's what happened. So you can go buy that box that sold for seventy five or hundred dollars, and you can buy it for three hundred bucks on eBay if you want. So I, I bought like a, a handful of packs, and those cards are still sitting somewhere. They're collecting dust. I didn't get shit in them, <laughs> but. <laughs> I got like a Luca common come to find out there's like a million of them. So it, it's yeah. worth like $5. So Sounds again, right. top shots tough to compare to the, the physical card market in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like this is ultimately what could very well surpass it at some point in the future. It's just, there's so many efficiencies that, that you find in it, whether it's the 24 seven liquid marketplace or anything like that. But, I believe that the experience is better based on what I've heard. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. I don't know how you do make it perfect. I also think that some of the criticisms are valid. I, I think that, like you just said, we just we criticize the collector score system. That thing's kind of like, I don't want to chase it anymore. I have what I have to get into these packs, but they're kind of, they're, they're kind of stuck. And like you said, they're going to have to rug it, which that would suck. Uh, Top Shot is smart enough, I think, to take care of its users if they do decide to go that route. I don't know what that looks like, but 
but I would like to think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's why I think that mixed rarity. I mean, it's 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 almost like the best alternative that we kind of have. I mean, we're kind of we're back to the dapper's back to the corner for sure. I mean, they it's kind of like what I mean. I don't know if you agree with everything I said, but they really, I mean, they overcompensated heavily on collector score because they. I, I just really think they wanted to artificially prop up that floor oh, I agree. that way, just just to you know to keep the complaints down until because they they knew what they were building, but it's just it's just so slow, and they know that. That it was going to be, you know, they know they know people are so impatient, and I think it was just a way to be like almost like shut us up for a while, um, keep us happy, and then the good things will start coming. But I don't know, it's just the system's messed up for sure. I can see that be it happened. Like, listen, we got to put out this fire. <laughs> we got a shitload of supply that we minted. We minted way more than we thought we would need. Now people are stuck holding this bag in this in this market that keeps dropping. How do we give this stuff value? And then, so you go to, you create this collector score and, you know, not long after it's exposed the flaws in it and there's definitely flaws. Yeah. And then you get to, you know, then they created a second queue and we've even talked about a third queue. So, you know, you're going to have five queues. And so every time, the more I go down that rabbit hole, the more I think about the old system, the more I, I think that this system for all the things that you said is better, works better for the longevity of the platform and the future growth of the platform. If we, it goes back to, you know, if me and you joined the summer, would we still be around? I think both of us would say no. I mean, it would not unless, have been a fun you know, experience. If, if I would join the summer and I had no chance at like a legendary or a rare, I would have just given up. I'm like, I don't, I don't want all this crap, you know, and I don't want to, pump thousands in to just have like a 10% chance at a, at a legendary. And then I'm still spending a thousand dollars in the pack. Like this doesn't make sense. And it's just not welcoming for a new user to kind of just see that these, these new, these people that got in early are just like hoarding all the, all the good stuff. Right. And that's just not, it's not how it works in the, in the physical card market. It's just, it's like you said, it's really hard to get a, a box, but you know, anyone can pull whatever from it and, Obviously, most of them are losers. That's just how it is. That's just how the, the collectible game works. And, you know, you can, just because you've been conditioned to it for a year of these these packs doesn't mean it's right. And I know a lot of people say that there's a lot of mess up things about the market and Top Shot. And, yeah, well, that, that's exactly why. Because free, mar free packs aren't sustainable. And that's why we've seen basically a steady downturn of majority of, you know, the market for the last year. But I just want Top Shot to make me rich. <laughs> I mean, but like you know, like what what do you think about like you know at, we're we're both similar, right? We both have a lot. Of, we both have high collector scores. Sure, these these packs maybe we might lose money, you know, here and there if we don't hit the right thing. But I mean, wouldn't you rather have a bunch of like happy, hooked new people um, that are coming into the platform? putting money in versus just yes you know seeing the same the same like 20 names on every moment uh just slowly bleeding five percent daffer what's your expression over time all tides <laughs> rate or what is it the tide what's the thing with raising all the boats tell me tell me that it's uh, a rising tide lifts all yes boats. yes that <laughs> yeah so new users come in and, and are, have a good experience and engage in the platform and enjoy it and buy that helps my account it doesn't need to be this yeah. direct I just thing it's it's yes more user growth what's the best way to achieve that and 
The other thought that I have a lot, listen, it, there's no secret about it. And I'm, if you go on Twitter or Reddit, there is a lot of complaining about Top Shot, or at least it feels that way. Could be a bit of an echo chamber, but there is a lot. And I and it's contagious in my opinion, and it continues to go. And I'm not saying stop. We, we shouldn't stop with criticism of Top Shot. That's accountability. And we're lucky that we have these forums and that they freaking listen because I guarantee you a lot of big companies don't. You know, maybe you write a letter to their customer service department or an email or something like that. But, you know, that you could you could tweet out something and coincidentally, it feels like a lot of complaining gets a lot more engagement. Um, so but some might argue, well, there's just a lot to complain about. Well, I mean, I think if you have that much to complain about, maybe this isn't for you as well. But I think that if you are bothered by it. You're going to probably have to get used to it because I don't think it's going to go away. I think that I've been on this platform for over a year. It's been consistent anytime that they've made a mistake or that the market has gone down, that the complaining starts or rises. And I'm kind of succumbing to that because I think that that's going to forever be part of this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to everyone's favorite word, which is beta. You know, uh, we're all we're all beta. You have to keep in mind we're all beta testers. They're constantly tweaking things and changing things because they want they want the finished product to be perfect when they come out of this. So they know they know how big of an opportunity this is and how awesome this is. So, you know, this is they, they've said it multiple times. This is like a hundred year multi generational project. So, to take a couple of years to refine everything, get it right in the long run, is like nothing. It's a blink of an eye. So, um, if if you're someone that that understands this is beta, there could be some issues, and you're okay with that, trying it out, then 100% get in top shot. If you're someone that the littlest, smallest detail, you know, triggers you and sets you off, like maybe this isn't for you um, until the until the full refined product comes out. So that's, we just all keep that in mind. But I, I also think, you know, voicing your opinion, your concern is, is good because that's how we, you know, that's how we make things better. And Dapper is, they're doing a good job listening to everyone. But I think just like yelling and, raising your voice, criticizing Top Shot, and not having like a solution or just a well-thought-out response isn't, isn't helping anything either. Just kind of just creating a bigger uh, pitchfork gallery of people that want to you know <laughs> yell and not have any answers, right? I've worked in the service industry my whole life, man. There's, there's two types of complaints. One that has is less emotional and more of matter-of-fact that is much easier to listen to and respond to. And then there's ones that are visceral and filled with emotion. And those are, those are difficult. Those are difficult to follow. I can't personally interact with that. And it's just too much. I, you know, and that's, I, I've been in a service type industry for a long time. I spent more face-to-face -face with customers my earlier years. And then there's always two types. There's one that just says, Hey, just pointing this out. I didn't have a good experience here. This is what happened. And then there's just the man, People can be vicious. So anyway, that's Twitter, though. I've been on Twitter for almost 20 years, <laughs> dating myself. But I've been on Twitter I, through DFS. DFS was the same way. It, it, DFS was definitely the same way. And I mean, like, that's Twitter, that people are here to voice themselves, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. So I think that's that's why I'm saying it's just it's just part of it. And... Yeah. And, and no one, I mean, no one likes losing money and I, I don't like seeing people lose money, but you know, you have to put in what you feel comfortable with and just know that, you know, 
within in beta i mean there's gonna be a lot of changes and obviously any market decision any blog any any big changes could could yield massive market circumstances and things might drop or sell off or whatever you know people market's very efficient and people are smart and you know things happen very quickly so if it's if it's out of your comfort zone and out of your um risk tolerance with your money then you know you probably shouldn't be here at this moment until a beta is completely over you know yeah which is tough because it's also a very cool product and and that's the other thing that comes with the complaining is the passion is people are also upset because they love it they really love it and we've talked about it in past episodes that if people weren't going to say anything or not have big reactions that's then they probably don't care that much about the product. They're just, they're fine with moving on, but people don't want to leave. That's what I read into it. They want to continue collecting and and have fun and enjoy their experience and not have to think too hard either. And I think that might be some of it too, is that you're just like kind of doing what they're telling you to do. And then all of a sudden you run into a situation where, well, fuck, that wasn't good. That didn't work out. And so maybe there's, there's feelings, a little bit of deception or, or something like that. And I would just go and say that if you're spending your money on something that you're hoping for a higher return on, that you care about its value, I would really think it through and try to think long term uh, as far as big picture. Really, like, how could this play out? What might happen if this didn't work out? What's my fallback plan? Would I be okay with that? Right? Like, that I think is is something you really should consider if, if those are that's what you're hoping to get out of this. Yeah. And the thing I love about the blockchain is just the transparency too, because you can see exactly someone, you can see the biggest complainers out there are typically, I know this word gets thrown around a lot, but they're the rent seekers. They're the ones that have been here January, February of last year. They got the free money packs. They, they have collector score just because they have all this free money. And now that they're... Um, free lunch money uh, packs, you know, aren't the same way that they're, they're the ones fighting the hardest. So it's like, of course they are. They haven't interacted with the platform at all. They haven't deposited money. They're literally just like leeching off of everyone that's enjoying it. So it's like, you can, I, I think looking into kind of seeing the biggest complainers and kind of looking at their accounts, like, okay, are you an active user? Are you doing anything besides just getting packs and trying to get free money out of it? Like, you know, because if not, like that makes sense. Yeah, of course I would complain too. You know, <laughs> my my free uh, my free money source is going away, and for the better, right? And there's not another one. I need another free money source if this isn't going to be the one. So yeah, definitely, it, it's just an interesting thing. I I uh, I mean, I love. There's no secret. I wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't love Top Shot in the future and the potential of it. There is some interesting complexities ahead of us regarding value and you know i saw somebody make a comment about oh ballers floor is dropping too and i'm not going to go into a big thing about ballers but ballers is connected to dapper as is all day as is la liga as is anything in the future that is on flow that gets attached to dapper is good and bad because it's good because it's more liquidity there's more opportunities to sell and get liquid and move to another opportunity and of course, with more platforms, there's more opportunities, but it's bad because if you're somebody who really gets lost in the minutia and, and over examine or over analyzes things, all of a sudden you're looking at ballers, which, you know, maybe not the best example, but let's say all day, all of a sudden all day's markets dropping. Well, maybe because something, you know, 
uh, shiny is happening over in Top Shot. And I think we're going to see more of that. I saw it with Ballers dropped and the floor was like 700 bucks because it coincided with the Deck the Hoops drop. As soon as Deck the Hoops passed and all the people that had sold moments and built up some dapper decided, hey, this Ballers thing's pretty shiny. And they went over there. And next thing you know, that floor pumped to like 1800 bucks. So that's going to be something that's going to add more complexities to all of this as more shiny things are, are scattered around and want to take our money and attention. Yeah, and I think the only solution to that is we just need more users. You know, I thought you were going to say more, more money. They're happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with new users brings in new fresh money. You sure. Know? And the only way we're going to get new users is if people are happy and want to be here and actually have see value in buying a $19 pack or a $49 elite pack, whatever it is. And I just I know how most people are going to think and you know, people want people want the shiniest thing you can get. It's the legendary, it's the rare. So they want to have that chance. And, you know, these mixed already packs, sure, it's costing all of us a little bit to gamble on them, but I think that's the best way for new users to get hooked you know, on the product. A lot of people like to gamble. That rush, when you get something big in a pack, because, uh, I, I mean, I collected sports cards growing up. I've experienced it. It's awesome. And, of course, when you happen, you want to replicate it. But anybody I've known that collects sports cards were like, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I want to hit big and I want that chance to hit big. And, you know, I, I there's definitely that buyer's remorse. If you drop a hundred bucks or 200 bucks on a bunch of packs and you don't get your money back, you don't hit. And that's, but there's a good chance. And we saw it with the second drop that people would line right back up for more because <laughs> this pack drop sold out. It yeah. sold out. So uh, well, there's so many things that you know are coming that we still don't know about yet either, too. But like these 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 packs, you're pulling all these moments that are trash, right? That in your mind, right? So you you have the you know, we don't even know what the trade ticket system is going to look like outside of S1 reserves. Like they could have so many cool ideas. We're gonna get hot dogs in in real life things, hot dogs, <laughs> beverages. I mean, who knows? You know, they could have all these. You know, easily do raffles for packs that you can turn your trash in for. Like, there's just a lot of a lot of things that like people are just not thinking about, you know, and like it's gonna be so much more exciting. It's just you know we're just really early, and you just have to keep remembering that. Yeah, it's a huge project, and it's just the scope of it is just massive, and there's too, way too much money involved for them to to not get this right. You know, I, I just I have a hundred percent faith that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's you know as as tough as it is to deal with sometimes, you know, with the fud or the complaining, it's also again, like I said, a sign of passion and top shot has historically shown that they, they take it to heart. They listen, they make corrections. They, I, they have got, I think about what they look like compared to a year ago. If you have it, if you weren't around for a year, again, it was just broken. It just shit was, I mean, the product itself stood out and it was amazing, but it was like, there was just so many things. There's so many improvements that have been made since February of last year. We didn't even have badges. There's no badges. There wasn't a roadmap. There wasn't anything other than this pack's going to drop. And if I don't like what I get, I can flip it and make more money. And I I had friends. I mean, because we were all in text groups and I was just talking it up like this. I love this. It's fun. And then they asked me about it. And honestly, one of the first points of conversation was, dude, if you get a pack, you're going to make money. 
And I had a I had a friend who came in. All he did was buy and sell packs, and he made like fifteen hundred bucks. And then he walked away with it. Left, took right off the platform. Yeah. It was free money. And so, as good of a feeling as that is, like, because it's safe and you, there's no risk, it's also just it's never been sustainable. Yeah, of course, people would get angry. You know, if you take away their their uh, social security check, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you know, but it's not sustainable. Like we said, you know, we, I, I highlighted all the key economic issues that happen because of that you know the over minting the dapper thinking we have way more users than we really do and that's just not what we have so it has to be a slow growth and the only way we can do that is by hooking new people in and i just think that giving them opportunities the same shiny things that we're all chasing is is the best way to do that and not not making them go through all these hoops and just all this craziness of collector score um i'm not saying collector score needs to completely go away i, I think that you know, it definitely has a, a place here, but I think that it needs to, they need to work on finding other ways to give it incentives to, you know, have a big collector score. And I think that in real life stuff is definitely how they do that. But I just, like I said, we're, we're really early and um, that'll all come, you know, just, just with this whole NFT thing that they launched for the five-year all-star thing is the auctions are really cool. Uh, I think and a really good sign that a lot of great in real life stuff's coming, you know, even if maybe it doesn't apply to you this time. I think that the fact that there is all this cool stuff makes me really excited. Definitely. It happens all the time. We see this every time Top Shot releases something new and exciting. It's like, oh my God. It's it's sentiment goes up and down a lot. It doesn't directly impact me and make me richer. I don't like this. <laughs> or if it does, I, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's tough, man, because again, when you're on Twitter and it's just in your face, it's in your face all the time. And FOMO is a, 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 a terrible thing that can be tough to deal with. But ultimately, you want to achieve two things for growth, right? You want to make it accessible to new users who don't have to spend a million bucks to try to get a hollow. And then you also want to reward your spenders, your people who are spending on your platform and, and continually driving that growth and investments and, and not just buying and selling, but buying and holding, which they're trying to do too. They're rewarding set holders in different ways and they're figuring that out. And flash challenges are rewarding people who hold on to moments, also drives market activity. Like they're coming up with some very innovative ways that you don't see in the collectibles market. Now that's in the physical collectibles market in the NFT world, you do see some of that for sure. Smaller scale like much smaller scale, much just different. It's also very difficult to compare the two. So they still have to do more, I think, to reward their VIPs and their higher spenders to incentivize other high spenders to come on. You know, especially if you're asking the physical card market to come over, physical card collectors to come over to the digital. What's their incentive if they're doing well in the physical card world? They're making money in the physical card world. They're collecting and buying and selling, I imagine most of them are doing all of those three things. So to get them to come over to the digital, what's their incentive over that? Obviously efficient liquid market, but there's like, there's gotta be a catalyst because there's just not enough. I mean, you don't really see S1 hollows ever sell. I think the last LeBron sold January of last year or February of last year, but you don't see a ton. We saw one Luca that got fire sailed out of nowhere, but saw a few like a LeBron legendary and stuff like that. But you don't see any regular transactions of big mark of big moments. You just don't. So there's definitely a 
dearth of high-end users. Yeah, well, I think that's where the bidding system will help too, because there's so many. It, it, the, the the really exclusive S1 high-end stuff is in the hands of so few people, <laughs> so that it's easy for them to hold because they're super long-term. But you you see how the how these new um, these new uh, pack distribution system how it it kind of it finds a floor quickly for moments, you know, because it's spread out so much and spread out between so many different levels of collectors, high end, small end, big end, you find those floors really quickly because the small end guys are just trying to find that get their money, you know, quickly. So I think that's I think that's really interesting, quickly finding the floors. But the bidding system will definitely help find the floors of a lot of the illiquid S one stuff because like I said, it's just held by so few people. And I think, you know, even some I think just finding out where where things really are valued at will be will be helpful for the whole platform. Yeah, I like that. I know that their one of their their roadmap announcement or or one piece for January was that there was going to be a bid bidding system. We don't know when. I'm not holding my breath. Maybe back half of this year or something like that. But I agree with you. That would be huge. And I'm sure. I'm yeah, I mean it's super important, you know, because all we see now is just downside pressure. We see people undercutting. But we don't see people bidding up moments to where maybe two people want a moment and there's a bid ass system and two people are just constantly bidding it up to where a buyer is like, okay, well that's that's a price I'm willing to accept, and then, and then they'll boom, there you go, and then there's a new floor established. So it's similar to the you know almost like the StockX. Uh, I don't know if you ever use that platform, but like shoes and kind of street, kind of high end streetwear items. There's a they they do it where it's just bid and ask where what are you willing to pay for it and what are you willing to sell for it. Um, until until you kind of meet on a price, you kind of it's kind of price discovery um, up until that point. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see again how it impacts the top tier. And you know, I mean, do you do you know do you can you think of anything else that would incentivize bigger collectors to come over? Do you think it's just the adoption of digital collectibles as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just as nfts continue to become more just ingrained in society and people accept them more like i think we'll see like it's like we said you know it's just so much more efficient it's it's just digital collectibles 2.0 you know it's just the huge you know anytime you're adopting something this different this big of a change it's going to take time you know to slowly get these people over but it's going to happen because all the points we've made and everyone knows top shot's amazing and all the all the problems that that the collectible cardboard world has, it's just, it solves all those issues, you know? And that's why it's taken so long in beta because it's such a massive project and there's so many things to iron out, but once it's all ironed out, it's gonna be completely overtake all the physical card market in my mind. Yeah, there'll be some some old stuff that, that'll hang on, um, but I think as far as like new new year stuff, like let's say 2023, 20, you know, MBA for example, like that'll all just be digital going forward. Not, not saying next year will be, but I just mean whenever the, the whole adoption happens to where NFTs are just the thing, almost like when the iPhone took over all cell phones, basically, you know, <laughs> like it's just going to happen. Like you just know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of just feels like this is it. This is going to be the future. It's just going to be a matter of when, when does mass adoption hit? Because if you look at the numbers, it feels so huge, but it's comically low. It really, really is. You're taught you're waiting for millions, tens of millions to be active in this hundred million, whatever it is, hundreds of millions. And that just seems unfathomable. And it won't happen tomorrow. 
it's going to be a slow adoption. Yeah. And just, you know, seeing the commercials on TV, you know, seeing uh, the booth at the all-star, all the people lined up. Yeah. It's cool to see. I'm really excited because there's just right now, it's just our small Twitter kind of conglomerate that, that we see, but there's so many, you know, millions and billions of people out there that have no idea what's, what's going even going on here. It's good to see the big picture. So that was a long conversation, a good one. A lot of really good points brought up, but a long conversation about the packs going forward. It's going to be really interesting to see what the next month or two months brings as these packs continue to drop. A top shot increased the packs, $19 from $9, which immediately increased their revenue. There was like over 200,000 packs on this last drop. It was like $4.6 million. And that's a wild, that's a big, big number, which will of course have an impact on the market a little bit because that money's going into the packs. But depending on how it shakes out people buying and selling, uh, I think I agree with you that it's good for user growth. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. They're definitely going to see this through. They're definitely going to ride the storm and, and find out if this really is the solution for their platform. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's user growth. Like if I if I'm if I'm running Dapper at the moment, like I, I'm just user growth over everything else. Yeah, you've had the last year and a half to kind of iron out some platform stability issues. Like obviously we still see that a little bit, but I think I think a lot of that is also just because of the you know UFC and all day. They're they're just testing out a lot of stuff on the infrastructure for, for flow in general. So I think that they're ironing that out behind the scenes, getting ready for the masses. It seems like because now now we're starting to see some of the marketing starting to slowly be, be trickled on. And then I think it'll start really coming in big, but yeah, the, the rest of this NBA season will be very telling as to how confident I am in the future, just because of, like we said, the collector score, like there's a lot of big issues there. How are they going to incentivize that and then make new users feel like they can get into the platform without, without feeling like they have to jump through all these hoops, which is going to be really important. Right on. So you still have conviction in the platform. We talked about running back earlier. This is going to be my last question before we, we wrap it all up. But you're talking about running back earlier, so you're you're slowly inching up on completing that set. Is there anything else that you're buying right now that you're into? Are you kind of are your bags pretty full and, and you're waiting for the WNBA season? Um, yeah, I mean running back is definitely you know, I'm looking looking at that all day. It's just kind of waiting to see certain price levels reached. Um, I think the a big thing I'm waiting on is, is Tuesday for the all day market because I, I you know I love football and uh, I want to I want to want to see what those prices open up at and kind of how that looks. So my remaining bankroll that I have liquid right now is going to be kind of dependent on what that looks like. But yeah, just kind of feeling things out and also we have to keep in mind that all star rares are going to be coming pretty soon here. We have the all star game today. <laughs> I don't even know. I think it's today. It right? is today. It's it. Well, so, so it's 722 East coast right now where it's going to be on in like 38 minutes. Yeah. So that's tonight. So we can assume maybe what mid March, we'll see the actual moments uh, minted for that and release. So that's a lot of rares um, hitting the, the platform. will create a little bit of downside pressure unless we, you know, see a lot of user growth between now and then. So that coupled with all day, like I'm expecting maybe, yeah, like some, maybe some downward discovery um, for a lot of the moments. So just kind of waiting and seeing right now. Just kind of in a little holding pattern. I've been playing around a little bit, nothing too crazy. I've 
you know, I, I had talked about how the flash challenges, it was really all about the bottlenecks, but I sold off uh, uh, some of the stuff that I had, but I actually ended up holding most of it. And it's, I mean, between that and completing the rising stars set so far, yeah, we've had a handful of challenges where I only had to pick, like I had to pick up a Pat Beverly for one, which cost me $3 and that's no big deal. Uh, but I mean, I think I have like three challenges or four challenges completed right now it, without without even realizing it. There's like seven challenges going on Top Shot, which was another yeah. goal of theirs because they wanted all levels of accessibility. And we've seen them do that off and on. So there's a legendary right now and an MGLE, which, by the way, is a Jalen Brown, which could be a sub 200 mint or maybe even like a two two twenty, depending Um but there's a lot of challenges going on. So I think that's cool. I, the other day I had like three challenge rewards packs to open. So that was like a little rush of lottery, uh, serial lottery that I enjoyed that cost me at one point in the past. But the more challenges that these moments complete for me, the the better the return. I can't promise you I'm going to yeah. sit down and calculate all that shit, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've literally given us what we wanted, which is every level of collector has a you know a, a challenge for them i'm looking at the own moment page right now you know like you mentioned the jalen brown there's 187 people that have completed that right now it's super low mint we have 7,000 that are going to get a, a free mobley that's going to help them complete the the Kyrie challenge you know that's the bottleneck for that so that's cool uh, it's almost like an airdrop if you will for that yeah um and then and then <laughs> we have it could be the the lowest minted moment ever with the the AI, it's only 12 people have completed that. So, wow. I mean, just look at the spectrum from crazy exclusive to kind of every everyone can complete. It's just, yeah, it's what we wanted. So they're, they're listening to us. And I'm going to throw a little thing in there too. So one of these challenges off the top of my head, I can't remember, required a fandom or a rare. They did that again with a player. It was a fandom or a rare. I am of the mind, I believe that they're not just making these metallic silvers to just give people a reward. That won't be the only thing. That's not the end game. It's an open set that they continue to add to, and we've seen all levels of players. Originally, it started out, I mean, for the most part, felt like it was just going to be stars, special moment stars. I mean, the moments have all been really cool. You know, We actually had on spaces, on the Wolfpack spaces on Friday last week, Austin Kent was on there talking for like two and a half hours. I mean, the guy's such a big NBA fan. He loves it. It was really cool to just get his insights on picking moments and and a lot of the thinking behind some of the things that they've done. But this M metallic silver set, I I'm been buying some extras of. I've bought I'm, I think I have like twelve Tatum's now. I've bought some Trey Youngs and just kind of looking for a good cereal around the floor or if uh, somebody drops one a dollar below the floor. I picked up a few Randalls. I, I it's all speculative. I feel that at some point they're going to have a bigger base of users or players to draw from. And that will allow them to be even more flexible with these challenges and fandom moments will find their way into them a lot more. Just a gut. It's like we always said, you, know, you can't go wrong buying the floor of something that you think might be, be useful someday and to get stars, you know, fandoms and, you know, they have a star on them. Um, those differentiate from the other moments and you're getting them for, you know, 10, 12, $15. I mean, that's crazy. You know, And for an S3, the, the collector score bump is, is okay. It's not bad. Yeah. So was it 15, 15 for the, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty solid. 
And, you know, you get Tatum. It was Tatum was at like 12, 13. Now I think he's up to like 15. Trey Young was around 16, 17. Now he's over 20. But still, you know, if you compared it to close mints in uh, seeing stars, you know, there's there seems to be value there. So it's a game of patience. You have no I have no idea when, if, what Top Shot will do. It's just a feeling based off of their history that it will. So, again, buying the floor can't hurt me too much. I don't see the moments going down to like seven eight dollars i just don't see that so you know i'm stacking them up as i see them i have no idea how far i'm going to go with them i think it'd just be a matter of as if i continue to get them at good prices yeah i like that play i mean like you said you know star players and not super high mints so yeah challenge rewards works buy them up works for me we'll see we'll see what happens (laughs) you never know oh man as expected, there was a lot to talk about this week. There was a lot that happened. I was traveling last week. We did an early episode, so there was a lot to catch up on. But I, I think we hit all the points. Is there anything that we left out that you wanted to hit on or touch on about all of this? Um, no, I mean, the only thing I would add, I think just I'm feeling really confident about the team in general. And uh, like I, I think you touched on it, the, the spaces we had uh, on Friday with Austin, like just, just seeing the, the employees they're hiring just makes me even more excited. Just He's just such a basketball head and knows everything and really really you know puts his heart and soul in these moments and it was one of the big complaints of the summer was just the kind of the quality of the moments and you know are they really putting the time into it and thinking about what should be what and it seems like s3 at least i'm I'm really i'm really happy and excited for the changes because we are getting awesome moments that are accessible to everybody and the hollows feel you know legendaries feel like legendaries and rares feel like rares and we're still getting cool cool common moments so um you know, just seeing small changes, and yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I'll be advertising, and I think we're going to the moon, man. Talking to Austin, he had, you know, he can't tell us much, but we certainly pelted him with questions about will they do moment melts, and will they do some of these other things that we see in all day, and you know, I talked to him about, I brought up the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine dunk contest, which a lot of people have been talking about because kind of how... uh, (laughs) less exciting this one was and underwhelming would be the word i think and what you know would there be a moment melt of multiple aaron gordon dunks from that dunk contest and i I think that ultimately the answer is nothing's off the table well didn't didn't he give us a little nugget too did he say did he did he drop the bomb that we're getting a jason williams legendary or Oh, uh, I don't know if that was. I don't want to say that was a yes. I I know Jason okay. Williams became a huge topic because if there's it said, I think he said Jason Williams is coming, but I, I can't remember if he said if it was a. Le- I guess we could go back and listen to it. But I thought he said maybe it was a legendary. I don't oh, know. I have to check out the spaces. I don't, I don't want to throw that out. I don't want to throw that out there without no, 100%, no. I I cannot confirm <laughs> nor deny that that was said. All I can say is if a Jason Williams moment hits, man, I want it. If it's accessible, yeah, white, white chocolate, dude. Man. That guy was made for this. There's, I don't know how you pick one. I mean, it's like Iverson and some of these other players. Like, there's so many plays to highlight. Vince Carter, who has more moments than any other throwback player on on here. Who's, but I mean, every dunk he did was just a highlight. So, yeah, there's there the sky's the limit. There's so much they can do. But, all right, dude, good show. We'll close it out here. Folks, the ideas we share today are just our opinions and may not necessarily be the correct or best way to approach collecting Top Shot. Do your own research, form your own opinions, 
And please don't just buy something because we talked about it or some random person on Twitter tweeted it. And with that said, I wish you good luck on the next pack drop, and I hope to see you all in the priority queue. Woo! <laughs>